City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into Inside the Hive, All Hornets podcast or trade deadline special. Joining me to talk everything trade deadline, specifically Hornets, Chase Whitney. Chase, how are you doing? Chase, you have lost sound. This is a great start. <laughs> there we go. I think it automatically muted me when we went live. There we go. You know, there you go. Are no stranger for anybody, but we're here live at two two o'clock and twenty three seconds. So not not much of a delay at all. But yeah, I'm I'm doing very well. It's a nice Thursday trade deadline afternoon. We've had plenty of action here. After it seemed like a lot of people thought it might be a slow deadline um obviously a lot of that came in the middle of the night last night while everyone was asleep and kevin durant got traded to the suns but the charlotte hornets have also gotten in on the action here jalen mcdaniels uh somebody that was a pretty hot name in the rumor mill over the last couple weeks as things heated up and it became abundantly clear that the hornets had no chance at making a play-in push this year jalen has been traded to the philadelphia 76ers in a three-team deal with the portland trailblazers um, Jalen's going to the Sixers. Matisse Tybel goes to the Portland Trailblazers. And Savi Mikhailuk and two second-round picks go to the Hornets. Uh, Mikhailuk was acquired last night uh, in exchange for Cam Reddish. Or in, along with Cam Reddish, in exchange from Josh Hart from the Knicks. Uh, and then the two picks that the Hornets are getting are from... Uh, this hasn't been confirmed, but I believe one of them is their own pick in the 2023 draft, which will probably be in the early 30s. And then the other pick will come next year, so... We'll have to see the confirmed uh, pick details coming up, but to be Luke, two second round picks for Jalen McDaniels. That is the the deal we've got so far. What do you what do you think, James? Well, open it right up. Look, everyone wanted to trade. Everyone wanted to trade, and they've got one. Um, I, I did see there was a tweet from Bobby Marks. I don't know if you saw it, which did have the details of the picks. Um, 
So, oh, okay. Which actually, it's that. not quite as. <laughs> it's maybe even worse than maybe what Hornets fans originally thought because it seems that Charlotte are sending out New York's 2024 second round pick and are then returning getting back the 2023 pick, which is basically going to be their own for this year. So that's going to be in the 30 to 35 range, almost guaranteed. And then they're getting back the 2027 pick, and it's the better of Portland's or New Orleans, which you'd think by 2027 would probably be Portland. And that could be a good pick, I would say. Like Portland are very much going all in now, which with an aging superstar, which means in a four years' time, you'd think there would be more on the way down unless they can kind of swing some some kind of big moves. So I think the two second round picks they're picking up are higher value picks. Um, but I, I don't like that Charlotte are giving up basically a pick in 2024, which will probably be in the 50, 40 to 50 range. And they're giving up Jalen McDaniels. And we, Chase, we talked about this a lot to the deadline. We talked about Mason Plumley, We talked about Kelly Oubre. We talked about Terry Zier. We talked about PJ Washington. Jalen McDaniels was the one guy I think both me and you were pretty supportive of trying to retain and we've not talked about this trade at all until like coming live on this podcast and i gotta say un- unless something else happens here in the last hour so we're just just on an hour from the deadline now unless they package those picks and do something else i really don't like the deal um you you pick up two second round picks but you've got Jalen mcdaniels on your roster right now a 610 wing who can play two multiple positions can shoot can finish at the rim can get out and transition He's a first-round pick talent now. If you picked another Jalen McDaniels with one of those picks, I think you'd be pretty happy. And I'm pretty shocked that of all the expiring contracts that they've moved to this point, Jalen McDaniels is the first domino to fall. I'm I'm pretty gobsmacked. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely surprised by what you said at the end there, that of all the players, Jalen McDaniels was the first one to be moved on the Hornets. It did not seem like... He was the type of player that they would be looking to move right now. Typically, you rebuild uh, and you know make all these second-round picks to exa- exactly for the reason to keep Jalen McDaniels and extend him to some sort of long-term deal that he can be a part of your team when you're actually more successful than you were when you drafted him. I guess that is not the plan. The, the two second-round picks for Jalen McDaniels on its own is pretty good value because you did spend a second-round pick to draft him. You get another one there. That's on its face, that's pretty much fine. And they are good but, seconds. That's it. These, yeah. aren't, these aren't 50 plus, like one of them is guaranteed for this year and it will be a yeah, five right. pick in the second round. That is a, that is about as good a second as you will get because you've got pretty good certainty of what that's going to be. Um, so they, they are like, there's a difference between this and then like, I don't know, the second that you trade when it's like top 50 protected for like, someone random Brad Wanamaker or whatever. Like there, there are differences here with second round picks and these do appear to be better, but Charlotte are giving out one. So net you're trading Jalen McDaniels for a second round pick, which I just think like it's such a treadmill move. I for, for the team that's made all these noises about wanting to compete and wanting to be back in the playoffs. And I, I don't think they're wanting to rebuild, but then to trade one of like your better rotation players for a second round pick seems a little bit confusing um do you think they just didn't want to pay Jalen mcdaniels this summer and they tried to negotiate a contract extension with him it didn't go anywhere and they thought we we have to trade him because otherwise he will walk in the summer for nothing and if that's the case then you have to move him but i'm still surprised 
there's nothing better out there. Do, do you think there's a an element of cost saving here? Yeah, that, I think that is certainly a possibility that they just couldn't end up reaching some sort of contract extension or at least an agreement that he would give the Hornets a leg up or would be highly interested in resigning with the Hornets when he became an unrestricted free agent this summer. Uh, I, I would, wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the case. But even then, like, you, the Hornets have a ton of cap space coming up. It's not a great free agent class. They could just re-sign PJ and Jalen McDaniels, which I feel like a lot of fans were kind of – or not fans, fans and media were framing it as, like, they had to pick between the two. You don't really have to. Like, they can – one can start, one can be a backup. Jalen's more of, like, a wing anyway, and PJ's more of a big – I, there's definitely a world in which they could have kept both of them, even if they wanted to pay both. Like, I don't think either of them are going to make like backbreaking money in terms of the salary cap. I don't know. Um, I, I, I probably but, one of those media members. So I think they they probably did have to pick between one of the two. Uh, you you don't want to like both are going to command over ten million per year in free agency, and you don't really want to be paying that for a backup at either position. So unless like Jalen was going to start next to PJ. Then, okay, like you pay your two starters. But we've seen this year, those guys have started a lot next to each other. And this Hornets team has been pretty terrible. And if you point at the weaknesses, you'd probably say it's, it's not really the center position. It's not the point guard play. Terry is one of the better team's players. What's left, it's your wing options, your wing and power forward options. It's been this team's weakness. So to spend 20 to 25 million per year to retain both of those guys, I would not be supportive of that. I think where I fall is I just, if I had to pick between the two, never mind about, you know, who's a restricted free agent. If you tell me which of those two players I would rather have playing a role on a playoff team, I think Jalen McDaniels profiles more into that. I mean, I'm really happy for him to go get an opportunity in Philly. I think that'd be great. I will now be supporting Philly in the playoffs. Um, and I think he'll get to play there. But I, I do I do agree with the theory that you had to pick one of them I just don't know if, one, I would have picked Jalen, but that might have been out of their hands because he's an unrestricted free agent. And then two, I, I just can't believe there wasn't a better value deal out there than this. Un unless the Hornets, we've not even mentioned Sfima Kyluk yet. I mean, unless the Hornets really like Sfima Kyluk, which would, which would shock me considering he's been basically like a out-of-the-rotation player since he's entered the league. Um, he's a six, eight, three point specialist shooter from the Ukraine. Um, at this point, we don't even know if he'll still be on the roster. If we're being honest, like he might be waived. He might end up on the roster. We, we were joking that like we could see Svima Kyluk becoming like a Clifford favorite and like finishing the year, leading the team in the mids, which would just be like all sorts of, uh, hilarity if that happened. But yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I do think they had to pick between one or the other. I think I just would have lent the other way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a fair point. But and I think a lot of the people that no matter which side of the fence you fall on, like keeping them both, keeping neither, keeping one or the other, I think a lot of people will probably be fairly disappointed with this type of return either way, which, you know, that and that's not necessarily like something that you can blame the Hornets for. Like, we don't know the market like there certainly could have been a first round pick on the table for Jalen McDaniels or something. And they for whatever reason, preferred this uh, deal framework, but we don't know that like there, there might not have been at all. Like this could have been the best offer. And if that's something, if moving on from him now is something they wanted to do rather than losing him in free agency, you just have to take 
the best offer, even if it's like a top 55 protected second round pick or something like that, you know? Well, well, hopefully we'll see that with some of uh, these other Hornets. Yes, that that would be, that is the hope here in the next Before uh, we move on, I want to get you just idea like straight up that this was a three-team deal, right? Uh, Matisse Steibel ended up in Portland, Philadelphia, Jalen McDaniels, Charlotte with Mikhail in the two seconds. Um, Would you rather just have Matisse Steibel straight? Like if, if, if Daryl Morey calls you and says, hey, Mitch, let's do a Matisse Thibel, Jalen McDaniel swap, um, would, would you rather just have Thibel? Would you rather have the two seconds and Makai Luke? I would, I would rather have the two seconds and really? uh, Makai Luke, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not, I know uh, Matisse Thibel is a really good def- defensive player. He's currently averaging 2.7 points per game and 12.1 minutes per game. So he doesn't really solve any sort of problem for the Hornets like their wing defense gets a little bit better but he's not like a transformative player on either end of the floor I don't think and you would have to pay him to the same in the same degree that you have to pay Jalen McDaniel he is restricted right because he was a first round pick so Matisse yes yes so you you control his destiny basically which I mean I have to say like I think I just I know Thibel is so poor offensively, he struggles, but this Hornets team needs wing defense so bad. He would like immediately become the best defender, wing defender on the team. I think it's, I think it's really close, right? I, I don't think, I, I think with the two second round picks that you're getting, you can package those into another deal uh, to get someone else. And that's the benefit of those. And Matisse Thibel wants to Definitely. pay in the summer. Like he's not going to probably be an asset because he's going to be pro- properly paid. And then all of a sudden he goes from being uh, a good value. So to give you more future flexibility, I understand the two seconds, but like direct from Matisse Thibel, I, I wouldn't have hated that. I would have been like, okay, this is a challenge trade. It's, you know, our long rangey defensive wing, for for your slightly smaller but like probably even better like lockdown perimeter defense type it it would have been more interesting i think i would have probably preferred that deal especially if they didn't have to throw in that second round pick of the knicks in 2024 as well um, what about for bones highland what if they just done bones highland has been traded to the clippers we found out but what if they just done straight jalen for bones highland would you have been a fan of that um I mean, I more so probably than if they got Matisse Tybel straight up. But again, I would rather just have assets that you can trade. Like, and if you're trading like role player for role player, like why not keep the one that you already have and drafted and is familiar, and you don't have to like extend to whatever number that they would be at and restricted free agency. Like, at that point, I'd rather just keep Jalen McDaniel's than swap him for another young-ish role player but I mean I, I I totally support the avenue of like trading for second round picks and whatnot um I, I guess it's just the value of this trade specifically doesn't on it seem great right now I mean other than that early 30s pick that they're going to get but I mean you know it's kind of a wash I guess if you're just swapping out young role players for one another that aren't like transformative players like they're going to impact your franchise really if if jayden mcdonald's has said to you as gm i'm open to coming back to charlotte depending on what you pay me would you have made this deal because we we know if he'd said like i'm gonna go explore elsewhere you know i want to be on the west coast whatever like we know at that point where you have to move him but if he'd have said to you yeah I i could come back i'm interested 
what would what would you have done? Would you have still done this this deal even with that element of risk there? I guess it depends on like what would be on the market for players like Kelly Oubre or Mason Plumley or maybe Terry Rozier or something. Because um, I'd probably want to leave this deadline getting something back, but I I would probably hold on to him in that scenario. Yeah, I agree. And just kind of let things play out. I agree. Um, last thing, do we think this gives a signal to Miles Bridges returning to the team? I know we had Jake Fisher on and he said the expectation was after the trade deadline, Hornets would sort something out. We talked about paying both PJ and Jalen McDaniels. You add Miles Bridges into the mix and all of a sudden you're talking about basically paying three forwards this offseason. I mean, it has to mean the Bridges returning is even more likely, does it not? Yeah, I, 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 I guess so. I think a lot of it more so depends on just the NBA investigation into that whole scenario, more so than like team transactions, I guess. But I mean, I definitely think you're right. Like that, that is what's on the table here. I mean, they, they've had this open roster spot for yeah. the whole season for a reason. Like it's not to sign a buyout market veteran that's going to lead the team to 36 wins instead of 30 like you know what i mean like yeah okay the funniest trade that i've just seen come through is that john wall's been traded back to the houston rockets yeah i just saw that and i was thinking like there's no way he's staying like like two weeks ago like talking about how bad it was that he's been traded if this is the end of john wall's career though that will be like very sad and anticlimactic. I, I really thought he was going to help. Yeah, I hope so for the end of the season at least. I really thought he was going to help the Clippers though, but yeah, it does not seem to have worked out that way. It so does far. not. Um, Luke Kennard to Memphis. I can see is happening. Eric Gordon to the Clippers. Um, some kind of like edgy, edgy rotation moves happening. Don't really have details on those deals yet. Um, let's let's shift lanes a little bit away from Jalen McDaniels for now. Um, and let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, <clears throat> the Brooklyn Nets, I, I, I can't even list who's on the roster right now. They've had a lot of change. Obviously, both the Kyrie Irving trade, the Kevin Durant trade. But there is the the idea that, like, the Brooklyn now have this collection of wings, right? Royce O'Neal, Mikel Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson. They've got Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously more of a ball handler, and a bunch of first-round picks. And they've got Ben Simmons. So they yep. seem pretty like heavily weighted, skewed towards forwards right now. And they have Yuta Watanabe too, the league leader in three point percentage. Absolutely. That's another three slash four. They that, like most of their roster plays the same position, yeah. which is crazy. So, are there any names on there? Like the the rumors are that they think they want to keep Mikel Bridges. It's kind of been reported, but are still open for other other deals and. Uh, I believe Cam Johnson is a free agent upcoming this summer. He didn't re-up, did he? He's a, he's a, he's a free no. agent going to be in the summer. Are any of those names like stick out to you or like someone that Charlotte can maybe sniff around about, redirect some of those second-round picks from the, the Charlotte deal, uh, the, the Jalen McDaniels deal, or, or look to trade in? Anyone stick out to you? I don't know if this makes sense from the Hornets' perspective or if it's something – the player would want to do, but I personally would be a pretty happy fan or pretty big fan of how Royce O'Neal would fit with this team down the stretch, both as like just a veteran player that kind of 
fills the gaps for a team in a lot of areas where they don't do like the little things that are necessary on defense and offense, but, and he's a lower salary guy too. So you wouldn't have to like match it in some way and give up a player that is either young or has value currently. Like I, but other than that, I'm not, I, I like a lot of these guys, but I don't think it makes like any sense for the Hornets to trade for, you know, Cam Johnson, or I mean, maybe Mikhail Bridges, but again, you'd have to, if you were going to do that, maybe you would think that it would just be a three-team trade and then the Suns would have gotten Terry Rozier as well because that's the salary I presumably he would match to get Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is really good as well, but just seems like a player whose role uh, on like a non-competitive team is not going to be as impactful t- uh, for wins and losses as it would be on a playoff team. So Royce O'Neal I like uh, and I think makes the most sense, but the rest of the players I think are more fit for other teams and other situations than than Charlotte. You see, Cam Johnson is a guy that kind of interests me. Uh, he's obviously UNC native, someone that both Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan will be very aware of. Like good, solid three and D, like can play the three or the four. Really, really good outside shooter. Like, I, I mean, just like comparing him and PJ Washington. Like, would you do? You, would you have Cam Johnson ahead of PJ Washington? Just like play it side by side. Mm, mm, that's actually really tough. Pro, I because pro- I, hmm. both I, I same contract situation, right? Both are. Yeah, I mean, I've, I imagine they'll get paid like a very similar amount. Cam's three-point shooting is obviously like way more reliable. I'm pretty sure he's at like 46 or like 45 percent this year on reasonable volume, which is pretty nuts. But PJ, obviously, the better defender, especially like more versatile on that end than cam johnson is hmm. i don't i like i really don't know that's actually very tough i honestly would probably have to say that they're even and it really depends on what kind of team you're trying to build like mm-hmm. which one you'd want to pay and if the like if the hornets want cam johnson right like we presume they're swapping pj for him right like who, what else would yeah you know, or, would they, or you mean, they just traded jalen mcdaniels to get rid of the same problem that you'd have if you have cam and pj which but with even more money like that you'd have to shell out to both of them. So it's a fair you know point. Um, it's yeah. a fair point. I, you would probably have that, that situation, like move PJ Washington either in that deal or move elsewhere. You're right. I, I probably like Cam Johnson a lot more than PJ Washington. I've seen him in the playoffs play well. Uh, yeah, I might, I might lean, lean Cam Johnson. Yeah, he, he's like, the big thing reason. for me is the consistency. And we've seen the inconsistency with PJ and Cam Johnson's like pretty much Mr. Consistent uh, when he plays. Um so, yeah, like Cam Johnson was a name that stuck out to me. Finney Smith, um, I just don't think, like, he'll be – he'll have much higher value than I think Charlotte would be willing to give up. Ben yeah, Simmons exactly. is the interesting one, right? Like, the, the Nets, Ben Simmons has been a shell of himself. I was just looking at the numbers of the day for Ben Simmons. It's, they're, they're, they're ghastly. It's, his point, it's his, underrated they're how ghastly. bad he's been. I know we talk a lot about Ben Simmons, yeah. but I don't think we talk about how bad he's been enough. It's terrible. Like it's yeah, it's it's tough. So with with Ben Simmons, the root like, I saw a rumor out there that Brooklyn are willing to attach a first round pick to get rid of Ben Simmons. Um, is that something again? Like you would be looking to 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 take on board for like just pick, picking up an asset rejuvenation project, or is Ben Simmons just one of those guys? Like nope, don't touch him with a barge pole. Uh, no, I'm I'm good on that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I remember back like uh, probably a year or two ago when he first became floated, like when he was with Philadelphia still as like someone that w- was on the move. 
a lot of people want, like were really intrigued by his fit with LaMelo Ball. I'm not intrigued by that. I think it would be substantially poorer than his fit with like anybody else that's plays that position on the roster. Obviously, Ben Simmons is like at his peak is one of the best defenders in the league. He's not been that this year. Uh, and is also one of the best like big uh, guard playmakers. Again, he has not been that this year, but if you could get him back to his peak, which would probably be part of the reason or most of the reason Charlotte is making this deal is thinking that they can do that. Uh, he would be really good, but I, I don't think it's it's great next to a player like LaMelo because the likelihood that, I mean, you basically have to trade Mark or Nick for a center that can shoot, which kind of is like, why are you drafting Mark or Nick? Like you just keep drafting centers that you then have to trade like that because they've already had to trade Vernon Carey. Uh, Kai Jones doesn't play like it just add, it just would be a really weird I'd like make a lot of problems that don't exist right now become like very apparent while not solving a whole lot in the way of like are the Hornets going to be in the playoffs next year or be competitive next year or something I don't think that he really does that for you or he doesn't because we've seen that yeah. like with the Nets so far look I, I I think stay stay clear of Ben Simmons but depending on what level first they would give like maybe just take that on board depending on the quality of it but I, I don't think they'd be if you can facilitate a trade and get something that I would be into mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to be the end destination. No, I mean, Ben Simmons in Charlotte, it's just not the environment or the culture. I think that you're going to get the best out of him. I mean, maybe the argument is it's like off the beaten track. Everyone in the NBA world will forget about you and he can rejuvenate. But there's so many red flags about like just his approach, like just his like his mental approach to the game as well. I just think there's a lot of red flags there. So I'm, I'm kind of like intrigued by it, but it's so hard from the outside to really know what's going on with Ben Simmons. And I think some people within the league will have probably a better, a better idea. Um, with your Royce O'Neal name, you, you mentioned like, so he's got, he's, I think about similar money to like Cody Martin, just a little bit more. He's got another year in his contract after this one. Um, I, I think like, again, if he was under contract for a longer amount of time, I'd, I'd be on board with that. But my worry would be like, well, what if he joins the team next year and then he'll like just up and go on free agency? Like, I don't see him wanting to stick around in Charlotte. He's not going to be playoff chasing or ring chasing next season. So that would be my like only concern. If he was in the contract for like three or four more years, then at that point I'm, I'm more than happy to, to take the investment, but he's, he's getting to the point now where he wants to be competing for playoffs. And I just don't know if he would have any interest in being here. Yeah, that is definitely fair. I, th- I do think, at least having him on like a partial guarantee next year might provide some value to a, a team that would want, maybe want to trade for him in the off season or something like that. But um, I, I, I definitely, I agree. That's why it's, it's tough because I, I like a lot of those players on the nets that they have now in their severe glut of wings, but like it's somehow just none of them are really great fits for the Hornets. And a lot of it doesn't even have anything to do with like on court. It's just like their contract status or what, we would have to give up to get them to Charlotte, but things are buzzing on the, on the trade wire right now. Are you seeing what's going on here? There have been like 15 trades in the last 10 minutes since we started talking about this. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've just seen another one come through. Since you mentioned the John wall one, there have been like three. There have. And yeah, we like by the time that you listen to this in the podcast, you'll have known all these things that are are going on. So I'm not kind of pointing every single one out, but yeah, we've had, uh, we've had Mo Bamba, which is an interesting one, and we're going to come on to that in a minute. 
In fact, let's move on, let's move on to that right now. Uh, was Mason Plumley trade destinations, which we still not heard anything about Mason Plumley. All we've seen is a little uh, praying emoji that he put out on Twitter. Mason Plumley's not tweeted in like three months, and he just put that out. Whether that means he's praying to go to contender or praying to stick around, who knows? Uh, but it's always good from speculation. That are the eyes. That's normally like the, uh, the two emojis, isn't it, for uh, players when they're in talks at the trade deadline. Um, you can see on the bottom of our screen here, we've got three teams that I think were the most obvious candidates for Mason Plumley: the Sacramento Kings, the Denver Nuggets, the LA Clippers. Um, the Nuggets and the Clippers both had a trade exception where they could have just taken him straight in. Um, the Nuggets have traded for Thomas Bryant for two first round picks, uh, sorry, two second round picks. So they've essentially got their backup center. And the LA Clippers, just who've been talking, have traded for Mo Bamba, sending a second round draft pick and Patrick Beverly. Oh, you'll, you'll be you'll be pl- pleased to know that Shams actually uh, got a typo on that one. Mo Bamba's going to the Lakers. So we still oh. we still have the Clippers as a, as a potential destination. He typed uh, Los Angeles Clippers instead of Los Angeles Lakers in the first one because they traded uh, Patrick Beverly for... Of course. Actually, yeah, that doesn't make sense now I say it out loud because Patrick Beverly doesn't play... Right, okay. For the okay. Clippers, yeah. The Plumlee to the Clippers is still alive. That's good. That's good yes, to know. Yes, it is. Okay. So, firstly, are we right to rule out the Denver Nuggets now after Thomas Bryan? Or do you think there's still a chance they'd be interested in, in adding another big? Well, I think there is a slight chance that they're interested in adding another big. After they made that deal for Thomas Bryant, they traded Bones Highland to the Clippers for two second-round picks. Those two picks could be flipped back and forth. They've kind of restocked their ammo pile. Uh, If they want to double back up big insurance because they have that trade exception that uh, Plumlee would slide into, they could definitely just – send those two picks back to the Charlotte Hornets or one of them or whatever they need to do to get Plumlee. Uh, the Clippers have a trade exception as well. And that would also Plumlee could slide right into, but they have less or fewer second round picks now. So I think they have become maybe the less likely destination. They've also traded for Eric Gordon. So that's another, you know, salary implication more so than uh, something that would affect uh, Plumlee's trade in terms of assets. But um, I mean, I, I think he's he's very much on the table. He has like there's no way that teams aren't calling about him right now and are just being like, we'll wait for the buyout market. Like, why would you not give up a, a second in 2027 to guarantee that you get him on your team? If the Hornets buy out Mason Plumley, this fan base will <laughs> uh, like but, I, I, rightfully so. Like, well, not, everyone not will be frustrated, but yeah, would they if they were to buy him out? Would they surely not just trade him for a if there was anything on the table, and That's I find I mean. it hard, to, I find it to really, really hard to believe there is not a second round pick on the table. Like, yeah, he's Plumlee, averaging 12, 10, and four. He's like, a better player than Mo Bamba right now, and Mo Bamba just got traded for a pick. And yes, yeah. he's earning a little bit more money, I think, than Mo Bamba is, which makes it a little bit more difficult. But like, he is so much, you're so much more comfortable playing Mason Plumley in a playoff game. Than you are Mo Bamba. Like he's been there, he's been around the league, he knows how to fit into a role. Mo Bamba has struggled to stick, really. So if if Mo Bamba's getting traded for a second round pick, I just don't see a world where Mason Plumley isn't able to give you something. Now, if they were to buy him out, I like I guess okay, it frees up minutes for Nick and it frees up minutes for Mark. But how I, I just cannot 
I think they would have chosen not to trade him. And I, I don't understand why you would choose not to do that if you were to offer the buyout. I'd almost prefer it if they didn't trade him that they keep him. <laughs> I, I, complete, I completely agree. But then it's I ridiculous as well because you want to see Mark Williams and Nick Richards. So yes. I don't want to keep him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be angry whatever happens unless they trade him. Yeah, no, it's it's really like a uh, a slight slight win and then like lose 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 scenario. No matter what your you know of these three or four options that you pick here at the deadline, but we've we've got about thirty minutes now before we have to yeah. see we get we're gonna get all these buzzer beaters that come in at the last few minutes. Um, let's so. touch on the Devonta Graham trade. Um, yeah, for, former Hornet. Former Hornet. Hornet. Um, thank you, Mark Williams. Devonta Graham, thank you for giving us Mark Williams and Charlotte, firstly, uh, through your through the trade. Um, the Pelicans traded Devonta Graham and four second-round picks to San Antonio for Josh Richardson. Um, Devonta has another year of salary after this one, is that right? So it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of a salary dump and you're getting back like a wing player in Richardson who can help you right now. I mean... Richardson, I thought Kelly Oubre were pretty similar trade value players, similar contracts, play similar position, like somewhat similar skill set. I think you could probably argue that Richardson's maybe a better outside shooter, but Oubre can probably put a bit more pressure on the rim and uh, might be a better perimeter defender. I, again, like, would you have done this Richardson deal for Kelly Oubre? Would you have taken Devonta Graham back for that next year of salary and taken four second round picks for Kelly Calibre? I'm not saying that the Pelicans would have d- done that exactly, but if that was on the table, would you have done that? Would you have done it for three second round picks, even if it was a bit less than what they got for Richardson? Uh, I mean, I definitely think this is a good deal for the Spurs. Devonte does have two seasons after this one two seasons. Uh, okay. left on his contract, so that I mean that makes sense to why it was four second That's why it's the full second. Uh, for sure. an ex- for an expiring and Josh Richardson, but. Josh Richardson, I mean, I, I am still a fan of Devontae. I think there's a role for him in the NBA. Uh, obviously not with the Pelicans, though. Just Josh Richardson is going to help them way more this year down the stretch uh, in the playoffs, especially if Zion, Brandon Ingram, whoever else is going to miss slight amounts of time down the stretch. So I, I, that's a good trade for both sides, I think. The Pelicans have a lot of picks, too, so that's not really, you know, it's not really handicapping them in any way to move a bunch of seconds for – a guy that you can pretty much guarantee is going to help you down the stretch this year. Would, would you have done that? Let's say, let's flip it then for Charlotte. Two years of Devonta Graham for four second round picks for Kelly Oubre. Would that have been something you'd be willing to take on their salary for those picks? I think so. I, I think he's like a perfectly fine, like backup point guard. If you can rehabilitate his shooting in any way at all, like, and he can become like that out, outside pull up shooter that he was when he was in Charlotte, that was a very effective weapon as a part of an offense was his range and his ability to shoot off the dribble and kind of like just pull up over a pick and roll and really just kill defenses a lot of games he did that many times when he was here hasn't worked at all since he left charlotte but i think it'd be worth a shot for that type of second round pick thing i mean you can use these second round picks and cobble so many of them together or with so many different players to move players all around the league for different things and like you trade two seconds and one player for another player, and then you trade that player for and a two seconds for a first round pick, like, and then it starts to make a lot more sense why you're acquiring all these second round picks. So I would definitely do that uh, if I was the Hornets. I think that would be, you know, a good route to take. But I, I, I don't think that was presented to them either. I'd be surprised if Devonte would have wanted to come back to Charlotte. Well, but 
I, I don't know. Do you think? I, I thought Devante had, like, he played well in Charlotte. He's from North Carolina. Yeah, I guess I, Yeah, I guess maybe he probably would, would be into that, and especially if he was going to get minutes, which he more than likely would yeah. on this team where he's not really on the Pelicans at all. He's averaging 15.3 minutes per game this year, which is only 0.6 minutes per game higher than his rookie year when he played 46 games for the Hornets and spent most of the time with the Swarm. So uh, this is a – of quite a drop off in role from from him over the last two years. So you're right. Maybe maybe he would be into that. Go back to where it all started. I think the reason Charlotte would be not supportive of that trade is because it's taking on salary. And I think we just yeah. seen in Jalen McDaniel's trade, the Hornets are wanting to shed salary. And I don't I don't fully understand why. I mean, they've already got I think 30 million of cap space at least. Yeah, they have off- a lot of cap space. Yeah, at least this a- off season. They've then got Gordon yeah. Hayward coming off the book. The year after, I know that's when Melo's extension kicks in, but like Terror is here is the only real contract on this roster long term. I, I don't think Charlotte are in a position. It's not like they're trying to duck the luxury tax. They've got flexibility, yeah. and they're not trying which, to which they've never they've never paid the luxury tax before anyway. No. So going into that at any point would just kind of be like run of the mill. Like that's kind of just what needs to happen. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a lot of they, they don't want to take back money. Um. I want to say there's a basketball reason for it because they've got plans this offseason. There is an element that it's well known what Jake Fisher said on our pre-deadline podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. Make sure you go check out and subscribe uh, if you're watching this live. Um, that the Hornets are known to be one of the cheaper franchises in the NBA. Um, you know, he talked talk a great little story about they stayed at a four-star hotel when they played in Brooklyn. No one ever stays at anything but a five-star in the NBA. And the fact that they are clearing money and not doing trades. You know, we've talked for years back when the Hornets were kind of officially rebuilding that they should take on bad money for picks. Like that's what all the bad team, you see Houston doing that today. They're taking on John Wall. Um, they took on, I don't know, they took on some other bad money earlier today as well. That's what bad teams do. The Spurs have just done it. And Charlotte never did that because they seem to always shy away when it comes to paying someone. We let a lot of veterans walk. We buy people out. Why do we buy people out? Save Charlotte some money. Um, so there's a lot of things here which are beginning to point to that the Hornets' goal at this deadline was to save money from a failing season, not to necessarily maximize like picking up assets in the long term, um, which is pretty disappointing to see, I think, if you're a Charlotte fan and you're hoping to see some glimmers of hope in the future here. Wish I had anything to disagree with, James. I wish I did. Okay, where should, where, should, where should we bounce bounce around to now? What what have we got left? Um, Sacramento Kings. Do we, do we think the Kings have to make a trade here? Like they've seen a lot of other Western Conference teams uh, make moves. They've kind of standing mm-hmm. pat at the minute. Um, do we think like Ojanenobi's name has gone very quiet as well? He's another guy who we've not really heard much of an update about this afternoon. Um, do, you, do you expect to see OG move? Do you expect to see the Kings to make a move? I would be surprised if Ananobi gets traded at this point. I think which, and this trade really got lost in the shuffle because it happened like less than an hour before KD got traded in the middle of the night. Uh, Jakob Pertl was traded to the Toronto Raptors. Toronto gave up a first round pick that isn't unprotected, but is essentially unprotected because it's protected one through six, I think, for the next three years. So as long as they're not in the top six, 
this year, the Spurs are going to get Toronto's first round pick, which if they're trading for Jakob Pertl, they're probably not going to be one of the six worst teams in the league. I feel like that indicates they're not selling really at all. Did, if, sorry, did you say that was the 2023 or 2024 pick? I believe it starts in 2023, right? I thought it was the 2024 pick, but I... All right, so I, so either way, yeah. but like that, that's a very light protection that is unlikely to ever like convey into the two seconds or whatever. Like the, the Hornets pick may very well convey into two seconds that I believe San Antonio owns right now that they originally traded to the Knicks uh, for Kai Jones. Uh, but that one does not seem likely to the the Spurs are giving up like re- or the Raptors are giving real assets to the Spurs for Jakob Pertl. Uh, I don't think that they would trade OG Ananobi or Fred Van Vliet or Siakam or maybe even Gary Trent Jr. After that, but uh, I mean we we still got some time to see here. But well, uh, the Raptors don't strike me as sellers anymore. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can get $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Shams has reported, apparently in the last half an hour, I've just seen it, that the Warriors have emerged as a potential contender for OG and the Navy, oh yeah, I see that now too. There's there's just way very to keep up with here. This is, this <laughs> but is the, the Warriors, they have just obviously they they traded away James Wiseman. They picked up five second round picks. I don't think that's making much difference in any OG and the Navy trades. Um, in terms of matching salary, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head what they would be able to add here. Um, I'm not sure what would make up like a a, a Moses Moody. Kaminga, I guess Kaminga could be the front and center of any Warriors trade, right? It's like similar yeah. positions. You probably don't need Kaminga. And then like a Kaminga, Moody and first round picks, depending on what like Toronto wanted there, that could potentially be uh, a package, which could be like pretty, it could be interesting if I'm Toronto. Yeah. I have, I have a question for you also. While we wait to see if OG gets traded in the next 20 minutes, the Lakers have pretty much reinvented their roster. I have to imagine that they're done now after the Mo Bamba trade, uh, unless they're going to move one of the two first round picks that they, one of which they traded to Utah. The other one, I think the 2029 pick they haven't moved yet. The, what do you think of their, you know, 24 hour ro- roster recreation here? They, I mean, I don't know. If Hold up. Time to really we have a Mason Plumley trade chase. Oh, all right. Read it to me. Read it to me. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Read it He's to going me. to the Los Angeles Clippers. Look at that. It's right on the screen. It's right on the screen, people. Look at that. Look at that. We make these graphics for a reason. Shout out to the people. Yes, we do. Look at that. Okay. Right. Let's let's see if we can get some details here. Mason Plumlee, his prayers have come true. Maybe or maybe not. We don't know. But um, Mason Plumlee is going. The worst day of his life. He is going to the LA Clippers. 
Uh, right, let's get some oh, live. Reaction. Interesting return that I did not expect. Have you seen it yet? Or... Reggie Jackson. Yeah, so they're is... not using the trade exception. No, that's interesting. Um, okay. Very interesting. That would, uh, so is Reggie... that due to roster spots? Do we think maybe I, lack I... of roster spots with the Clippers? There's definitely a chance for that. That. That's why they can't use the trade exception, maybe. And that trade I'm, I'm just guessing here. And that that exception expires tomorrow, so they cannot use that anymore. If they don't use it in the next 19 minutes, they cannot use it at all. So that 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 is a uh, not that's not at all the return that I would have expected. But I guess that does make sense given the roster crunch. But you can you could always just waive a player to open up that spot. Maybe they didn't want to do that. That this is this is good though. We're gonna have to fill the air here to see if there's any sort of pick exchange going on but i mean how do, how do, you, how do you feel about reggie jackson i mean there has to be a pick exchange because it makes no sense yeah. so uh, they, they've added eric gordon the clippers it there was a it was a houston clippers trade this hornets mason Plumley trade could be folded into that right so this could be it a it could be a this multi-team be a, deal here yeah um so there could be assets coming not directly from the clippers here they could be coming from other teams, right? Depending on who else is in the trade. I mean, Reggie Jackson for Mason Plumlee straight up works. I imagine there would have to be picks involved, picks that they could trade. We've got a 2023 second round pick, 2024 second round pick, uh, and second round picks in 25 and 26 that the Clippers could move. They have firsts, but none that they can actually trade. So it's, it's not, unless it's a very highly protected future first, I don't expect that to be the case. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see that you're not doing this trade just straight for Reggie Jackson, are you? I, I'd be very surprised, but I mean, we, are we? we've seen we've seen more, we've seen crazier things. I, I guess to to the degree that I'm not, I would be surprised. I guess I'm not because we've seen this happen before. But I mean, Reggie Jackson, I think you know, on the surface level, is a pretty decent backup point guard for this team. I think. So I, I, at least there's that. Obviously, you get the veteran leadership aspect. He's a fine. He's a fine enough player. They didn't trade for somebody that isn't or can't be or wouldn't be in the rotation, which I guess is a positive to start. And then we'll we'll obviously fill in the the rest of the details as as that comes. So I mean, we'll we'll. I'm surprised that it's kind of taken this long though. There's this has been like three minutes now of uh of no details. So may, maybe it's not. It's there are either not as many picks coming, or or there are way more than we thought, and it's extremely complicated. So, well, I think I mean this will all look stupid right by the end. I think the most likely thing is it's folded into a wider deal, and those three or fourteen deals can get really complicated, and it's hard to pin down what exactly is going where. But I mean, I'll say it right now: if this is just straight for Reggie Jackson, I guess like fine. At least that opens playing time for Mark Williams and Nick Richards, and. Yeah. I, I don't Reggie think... Jackson also an unrestricted free agent after this season, so you're not. Yeah, you know, he's just for me. He's like he's probably buyout and signing with a contender. Like that's what I imagine right now. I, I don't see why the Hornets would be wanting to bench Dennis Smith Jr. to play Reggie Jackson, who's got no interest in being in Charlotte. So uh, yeah, I imagine Reggie Jackson would be bought out. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this to, unless there's a pick coming back, which there has to be. This is like no different as a buyout right now. I don't think. In fact, I, one thing Reggie Jackson actually makes two million more than Mason Plumlee. That, so I was just is... going to say this is definitely saving the Clippers a lot of luxury tax money as well because they're yeah. in the luxury tax and 
I'm not able, I don't know how I'd even confirm this right now, but I, I believe they're repeaters as well. So this is probably saving them a ton of money by trading that $2 million. So they must, they a, have, right? Like I, I think, I believe they have, they're definitely repeaters. They have to be, they've been in the luxury tax for years with all the uh, big contracts that they've had for Kawhi, PG, like Chris Paul. Like money does not mean anything to Steve Ball. No, like, that's he what is... I mean. Like he doesn't care at all. And, that, and that's total. that's totally fine. Like that, that should be how, uh, at sports teams are ran is by people like Steve Ballmer. Um, so I, yeah. good, good for the Clippers. They've been going in in this last this last hour since our show started. Yeah. We've got <laughs> Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, and Mason Plumley over the course of an hour. So good. And for them. before those trades, they were sixty nine million over the, uh, in the tax. So okay, so this is probably um, saving them a very significant chunk of money then. Assuming, depending on what, like they've added Highland, they've added Gordon, they've sent out Jackson, they've sent out Wall, um, they sent it on an else out that we know of right now. Yep. Um, I, I don't think they've sent. I don't know if anyone else that I know no, that I've seen so, get sent right? out yet. No, I don't think um, so. So yeah, right now I'm just looking at it here. Right now, that's with they've got. I'm just looking here. They have got Bones Highland on here. They've got Eric Gordon on here. So that's 19 million. So right now they're on a, their team salary is $192,000. The tax amount is 150,000. So they are, yeah, 42 million in the tax. This would then save them, yeah, a couple of million plus, and then the luxury tax penalty as well. It's probably going to save them like six or seven million or something in that nature. Yeah, and with Eric a, Gordon, that's a good chunk of change right there. So. Now we just have to find out what does Charlotte get for helping him out with that, right? Yeah, that's the question, uh, which we are still waiting for confirmation for. Um, Mason Plumley. Uh, let's just while we wait for that, let's just talk a little bit about Mason Plumley. He's played his last game for the Hornets. He had a black eye, a taped up hand. We thought he got injured halfway through the game last night. I mean, did you see that when they thought yeah, he got injured? Still- I'm sure that I'm not alone on the, in this scenario, but my league pass wasn't working for the majority of the Hornets game last night. So I didn't really get to watch it until the game was pretty much out of question already. I was just getting a black screen on no matter what uh, device that I popped open the league pass app. But so I didn't see that, but I obviously saw it get reported that he had hurt his hand. And for a moment, it was like, is this going to be the most Hornets season oh. of, in Hornets history? Like he gets hurt yeah. and can't be traded because he got like broke his hand or something a day before the trade deadline. But obviously he came back and seemed to be completely fine. Just had the trade or the hand taped up a little bit, but yeah. it was, it, was, it was a scare for sure. Especially like, I'm glad he stayed healthy to be able to be traded to a team like the Clippers that he's going to be able to contribute yeah. a lot and play in the playoffs. Mason Plumley, Um, we were there on draft night doing a live podcast when they traded for him, right? It was, uh, they got the pick that became Jason. the 2020 draft, like like within an hour before Uh, it started, I think. They traded for the pick that became JT Thor and Mason Plumlee. They they basically took on the deal. They traded like a a late second in that draft up for JT Thor and the Mason Plumlee salary dump. I mean, looking back on that trade now, because it's it's come to an end, right? Mason Plumlee was a disappointment, I think, last year. He, he wasn't great. He averted contact. This past year, he probably had a career season, and he was someone who got stick. The reason he got stick wasn't because Mason Plumlee didn't play hard. It was just uh, by chance that Mark Williams was and Nick Richards and Kai Jones were all behind him. 
And the Hornets have invested a lot of draft capital into their big man position, and they weren't seeing any of them. And that's the reason I think Mason Plumlee wasn't popular. It was nothing that Mason Plumlee was doing. It was just strictly down to chance of the position that the Hornets drafted. And sure, like there was some, you know, weird looking turnovers, but he's quite like a unique player. He's not good defensively. That's his big weakness. But offensively, he definitely helped this Hornets team. I mean, they've not been a good offense this year, but can you imagine what they would have been like this season if they didn't have his like passing at the post yeah. and through dribble handoffs? Like he's by far the best offensive player when it comes down to that. I also, I mean, I definitely think that part of the reason people weren't really fond of him either is he doesn't really fit into like the traditional mold of a center, which is something the Hornets have not had in a while. Like Cody Zeller didn't really fit into that either. Bismack Biombo did a little bit, but as we all know, he had very poor hands for most of his tenure in Charlotte and wasn't really a productive offensive player at all. I mean, like Marvin Williams was like a stretch forward, like small ball big. Like they haven't had a traditional center in a long time since basically Mark Williams and Nick Richards are the first ones. And I think Mason was kind of just like the last straw in that regard. Like this is just another center that's like not an above average starter and doesn't really solve our like rim protection issues and blah, blah, blah that we've had. So I don't, I don't think that worked in his favor either. And I always saw people like complaining about when he would dribble up the court and stuff like that. I always enjoyed that. Like that's a a good skill for your center to be able to have to grab the ball and push a little bit. Uh, So I'll miss be, I'll miss seeing that like him just grabbing a rebound and spinning around and like doing that, like push dribble where he like pushes it way out ahead of him and like spins the ball back to himself into his hand. And then he takes those really big dribbles and just like flips a pass to somebody else. Like you don't see guys that big do that that often and like that's a cool thing at the very least so i mean uh, that'll i'll miss that and he was having the best season of his career so it's good that as, he got to move to a better situation as much as you'll miss mason Plumley in transition tell us what you're excited about in terms of seeing nick richards and mark williams and which one of those guys do you think starts from this point for the rest of the season hmm, that i see i'm i'm more excited for mark williams i think just because he has way more potential than than Nick I, at, at this point, presumably anyway. Uh, but I think that's a very good question as to which one is going to start. I, I would maybe lean towards Nick right now, just because he's like started more total games in his career, which I think is still like only a couple. But I I have to believe that Steve Clifford might feel a little bit more confident with Nick out of the gates on a nightly basis even though Mark has been in the rotation ahead of him more often lately. But I don't know. I, I, I could obviously go either way. If it were up to me, which it never will be, but if it were up to me, I would start Mark Williams. But I could see them going either way. I agree. What about you? I, I think you have to start Mark. I, the, the only reason against it is that Nick Richards is a free agent in this offseason. And like you get 20 games, 25 games of seeing – what Nick Richards looks like playing extended minutes, playing against some starter-level players. Um, that's that's the only reason I think you you start Nick Richards. I think it's pretty clear that Mark Williams' ceiling, and I, I even think actually right now, Mark Williams is just a more well-rounded player than Nick Richards. Yeah. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over as much with offensive fouls. He's a better rim protector. Um, he's probably not quite as good at screening, but... Is like more active around the rim, finishes more, like shows a little bit more, like stepping out and 
will take your jumper, good footwork. Nick is pretty like one dimensional. Like he rolls really hard. He's a good offensive rebounder and he's like great at finishing through contact. But like that's that's all he is going to do. And I think that is all he's going to do for the rest of his career. And there is a role in the NBA for that, to be a backup five. But I don't think he has the ceiling to be that starting centre. And, like, you want to start seeing, like, that Lamello-Mark Williams connection as soon as you can. Like, I know you said you had connection issues to League Pass last night. But you could even argue, like, there was a moment last night where I don't know if you saw the alley-oop that Lamello threw to Mark in the half court. I don't think so. Which is just it's, – it's something that you've not seen much this year, like – Basically, Porzingis was going to get a three-second call. He, like, shifted. And as soon as he did that, Lamelli saw that and fired the ball over the top. And that was in the half court, not in transition. And those are just plays that Lamelli doesn't have the confidence or the like, ability to make those plays with Mason Plumley with Nick Richards. But he knows already, just from the small amount of minutes they've shared together, he can do that with Mark. And I think that's what we all envisage, right? Lamelli ball, Mark Williams. Like, his ability to find Mark around the rim on passes, on cuts on when he's rolling to the rim, that's what we want to see for the rest of the season. So um, I, I think you Mark is the sensible option, but the only reason you do it is to try and find out, like, do we want to bring back Nick Richards in the offseason? All right. We any have... more details? Are there any picks coming back yet? There ha- no, there has- there, I've been searching frantically. There hasn't been anything. There have been, like... I, two more trades, I think, since then, but there have not been any more details on this uh, Plumley for Reggie Jackson exchange. I, there just has to be picks exchanged. Obviously, people that listen to this as a podcast will likely know. Maybe, maybe they won't break by the time that this is up, updated by or uploaded as a podcast. But there has to be some sort of a draft pick exchange going on here. We got six minutes left until the buzzer sounds and you are no longer allowed to. So I think it's like, as long as you're in the call queue with the NBA by 3 PM, you're good. So you have to, you, the phone's got to be open right now for any team that's making a last second deal. And they've got to be getting it done pretty quickly here before three o'clock. And you are no longer allowed to call the NBA. They, they shut them off. They unplug the phones. Everyone goes home right at 3 PM. So time is a ticking here. So if there is, let, let's talk about this, right? Let's, let's assume at this point, because it's probably been 15 minutes now. Let's just assume for now, there is nothing coming back. It is just a straight Reggie for Mason swap. Um, that, that must be the best deal out there. Because like at that point, if you want to trade Mason Plumley, you're going to trade him for like, you'd rather trade him for a second round pick than for, um, I don't know, a, 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 an expiring veteran who you're probably going to buy out or maybe won't play this year, right? So that means that teams like the Kings have like probably not put even a second-round pick and some salary fill on the table for someone like Mason Plumley, or else Charlotte would have taken it. So at least this, at least by doing this, you know that this was the best option out there, unless they like the Hornets missed opportunities by not moving earlier, but I, I don't think that was the case. Like A lot of the bigs moved in the last 24 hours. Pertle was the first one to Toronto. Uh, then Vanderbilt was involved, obviously, in that big uh, big trade. And now you've got Thomas Bryant, Mo Bamba, Mason yeah. Plumlee. Um, so I, I'd be like, this This must have been the only 
way to get Mason Plumley off the team. And maybe Mitch Kupchak knew. Maybe Mitch Kupchak's just like the fans. Maybe he's screaming, saying, Steve, play Mark Williams. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to trade Mason Plumley away for someone we're going to buy out just so you have to play Mark Williams. Maybe that's what Mitch has done here. Like, And if that is the case, I would do a similar thing. Second round pick incoming per Andrew. Per Andrew. Yeah. Right. Literally right after we finished the whole thing, I, I scrolled by it. Uh, it's from 46 seconds ago per Andrew grief of the LA times. The Clippers are sending a 2028 second round pick to Charlotte. In addition to Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson. Okay. So. Perfect. That's, Perfect. That's, that's perfectly fine. Right. Yep. That is. We answered the our, exact... our own questions. Look at that. Yeah. And. Yeah, that all said of what I said before, second round pick is definitely preferred than nothing. So, and the 2028 is actually good because Charlotte have quite a few second round picks, I think, in the next two years. Yeah. Um, so, pick something up, deep into the future is very good. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. I think th they don't need any 20, like they've already got the Utah 2023. They've got their own 2023. A whole bunch between um, now and 2025, and pretty much none yeah. other. Or I don't think they have any other than their own beyond 2025. So, Definitely a good yeah. idea. And by 2028, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George yeah. will be well past their prime. Um, and with the various picks that the clubs have traded, they, they might not be. So again, like, I actually think the, the Portland second rounder that they picked up, the Clippers second rounder and their own second rounder, they, they picked up, I think, some good second round picks. So that makes, that makes a lot more sense expiring contract to Mason Plumlee. Like that's, if they'd have just done that today, I actually would have been happier with the trade deadline. I think than that, like if they'd done the McDaniels pick, that's, that's how I always, we talked about it. That's how we thought this would go, right? We thought they would make a move around the edge of the roster. Um, and that's what we've been saying for months. And they kind of have maybe a little bit more of McDaniels, yeah, but yeah. this, this format of a Plumlee trade is what we've, and everyone has been talking about for a long time. And, Look, for everyone saying, making fun of Mitch Kupchak and everyone else for for standing around and not picking up the phone and not moving Mason Plumley, they they've done just that, right? The Clippers will have had this deal waiting there, and they will have been pursuing other guys, and they will have circled back to Charlotte and said, "Yep, we're going to take that offer, which has probably been on the table for the last forty eight hours." And they finally circled back after other targets have moved on. You know, they might have been in the Thomas Bryant sweepstakes, the Obama sweepstakes. And they've come down to plan C or D, which is Mason Plumley, and we're we're happy to help out. Just here to help facilitate things, help everybody move things yeah. along here. Um, do we think this leads to Kai Jones getting back in the rotation at all? Now, you, you know, you're taking like, or do you think he'll now just strictly go with the Nick Richards, Mark Williams front court in Charlotte for the rest of the season here? Hmm. Potentially, but I mean, right now, JT Thor seems to be the one that has mm. the upper hand on the, you know, small end of the bench rotation minutes uh, right now. So maybe, maybe JT gets a bigger role and Kawhi or Kai, <laughs> maybe, we wish it was Kawhi, but, and then Kai gets that, those like eight to 10 minutes a game at the end of the bench. But uh, I, I would be surprised if he goes from like where he's at now to being like a part of the rotation, like by tomorrow when they play Boston. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Steve probably sees Kai more as a 
maybe more as a four, like that's what he's looked like so far in Charlotte, right? More than more than that five. Um, so I, I think he'll probably get an opportunity at some point, but I think for a little, he's been dying to play Nick Richards and Mark Williams for a little bit of time now. Um, so I think that's probably what he's gonna gonna focus for. Um, so to recap the trade deadline, unless there's any last minute moves, which I'd be surprised at, the Hornets have moved out Jalen McDaniels, Mason Plumley, and a 2024 second round pick via the New York Knicks. Let's just call that. Let's call that. Uh, you know, pick number 50 for now, okay, or 48.50. In return, they've got a top 35 pick in 2023 draft, the better of the Portland-New Orleans second-round pick in 2027, and a 2028 LA Clippers pick. So they've got one second-round pick outgoing, three coming in, Jalen McDaniels going out. Um, overall grade... What, what are you saying here? What, what are you giving that as an overall grade, like for the, for the combination of three things? Oof. Hmm. My, my 301 PM trade deadline grade is probably just a C. I think that is about as milk toast of a return as you could get for yeah. player. Like that's literally exactly like not too high, not too low, you know, two seconds and a guy that, isn't going to play in the rotation. So you can move your other guys up for players that clearly they weren't going to resign this summer. I, that's, that's fine. That's, I think that's perfectly fine. So I, I would say a C. What about you? I'm probably going to go for uh, probably like a C minus, a C minus, a D plus. I really don't like the Jalen McDaniels move. I was waiting to see if like something happened with those other second round picks if they were used elsewhere, um, again, it's going to be hard to judge because I still think they maybe look to move that second round pick and the Utah pick at this year's draft for maybe a separate move for a veteran. And then it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But so for that reason, like I'll give it benefit of the doubt for now, C minus, but I have said, I don't, I don't love it. That's for sure. Um, okay. Now we're going to be joined by Matt Alkiza, who is kindly joined the stream and he's going to be appearing on our screen right now. There he is. Matt, how are you doing? Good. How are y'all? We're we have been uh, good. I caught the last few minutes what you guys were talking about, Hornets wise. So it feels like we could we could be doing better as a whole. Yeah. So I mean, me and Chase have been on this live stream for the last hour. Um, you've been keeping an eye on the news, probably like more of an eye on the Hornets community. What's the pulse right now amongst the Hornets fan base after the kind of deadline without coming to a close? Uh, literally, as of about two three minutes ago. Yeah, it seems people are pretty. I listened to you guys. You know, you. I think James, you just gave it what a C plus, D minus. Chase, I didn't hear your grade exactly, but I feel like the Hornets community is pretty much in conjunction with what you guys are saying. Um, the guys that we assumed would get traded got traded, but we the Hornets did not get the return that we thought they would for those guys. Um, so it feels like people are pretty disappointed, especially. There's been a ton of second round picks flying around today and deals across the league. Feels like the Hornets probably could have added two or three more for the guys they traded. So I feel like, I mean, general consensus feels like disappointment is what I'm gathering across the Hornets fan base. Yeah, I, I can understand that. There was no big flashy trade. There was no Terry Rozier. There was no first round picks. I mean, Jalen McDaniels was it, right? And I, I guess that's the trade. It was was everyone pretty happy with the Mason Plumley? I mean, what are your thoughts on the Mason 
Mason Pumley trade, right, which came in kind of right towards the end of the deadline there. Yeah, I mean it had to happen. I don't know. I don't really know whatever what I really ever expected return wise. I mean the big thing for a Mason Pumley trade for me is that it's just going to open up more minutes for Nick Richards and Mark Williams. That's I mean that's really why I thought the Hornets needed to make that trade in the first place. Return for Plumley doesn't really matter to me. Um, so as long as they're opening up minutes for the young guys to kind of show what they have, which they have shown a lot the past couple months. Uh, I'm fine with it. I wish we could have gotten, you know, extra second round pick, two, three third or three second round picks. Um, but they didn't. It's Reggie Jackson and like a 2028 second. It's kind of is what it is. I mean, I gave it just a solid C plus, B minus. Yeah. I, I think it's the way that the Plumlee market was always going to go with his age for agency. Like, I think you see guys like Mo Bamba, Thomas Bryant move, and you begin to think, oh, but. Those guys are a lot younger, even though I think like Mason Plumley, I'd argue is probably better than definitely Mo Bamba right now. Thomas Bryant, I like it depends on what you start because Thomas Bryant can actually stretch the floor, which, which Mason can't. So it gives you a bit of a different functionality there. But um, yeah, I, I can understand a little bit of disappointment. I guess, Matt, was there anything else that you kind of saw? Any other trades that caught your eye during the deadline? I mean, we touched on a few very briefly here. Um, or, yeah, anything that kind of caught your eye that surprised you or anything that you thought maybe the Hornets could have got involved in that they didn't at all? You know, I wouldn't say there's anything that I thought the Hornets could have gotten involved in that they didn't. Uh, Devontae Graham got traded, former Hornet. That's always interesting to see where those guys end up. Uh, the Warriors receiving five second round picks for Sadiq Bay and like a three-way swap and then they just traded those five second round picks for Gary Payton, who they let yeah, walk we didn't last talk summer. About that. We didn't touch on that. That's that's an interesting one, right? Yeah, I mean they let Gary Payton walk and they signed James Wiseman to the contract, and then they traded away James Wiseman in a return for five second round picks just to get Gary Payton back. Just kind of feels very roundabout for something that maybe could have been avoided. That was Five second really, round picks for Gary Payton. That's a you know he's, I know he's been injured all a lot of the year, but I guess the Warriors know they they know him right. They they know the value he can bring. Um, just for the podcast listeners, Matt Alkiza is joining us now, one of the contributors for AllHornets.com, and we're just kind of recapping the trade deadline a little bit here. Um, Chase, like now we know what's kind of happened with the Hornets. Let's look forward to the draft this off season, what do you think are the biggest takeaways or is there anything we can take away from this deadline um, kind of heading into the off season? Well, where the Hornets currently stand in the 2023 draft lottery odds is fourth. So that puts them just outside of the range of Victor Weminyama and Scoot Henderson, who are guard and big. A lot of the next best prospects in the draft, there's, you know, views are uh, very wide ranging on who the third, fourth, fifth best prospects are. But most of those guys are wings. The Hornets just traded away a wing in Jalen McDaniels. They didn't trade Kelly Oubre, but he's an expiring contract. Mm. Uh, if the Hornets remain at the top of the draft, they have a pretty glaring hole to fill for potential second star, you know, future all-star, high-level role player, whatever. Uh, at the wing spot. So, I mean, for in terms of what this has for draft implications, definitely start watching, researching players such as uh, Eamon and Asar Thompson, Brandon Miller, uh, Cam Whitmore, like uh, Jarese Walker, uh, all those guys that play the three, two slash three slash four, because that's where the holes are now. 
or where where they will be in June, I should say. Matt, do you think um, now Kelly Oubre is still on the roster? Do you would, would exploring bringing him back in free agency be something that you would you would look to do? I personally probably would not do that with the deals the Hornets made at the deadline and where their the contract situation for next year looks. I feel like Charlotte is going to be bad again next year. They'll be picking at the top of the draft. They'll bring in a rookie with some promise. I don't know what adding Kelly Oubre to this team next year is going to do for the team. So I would not look to bring him back. I would bring in someone cheaper. I would bring in someone younger with a little bit more potential than Kelly Oubre, who we kind of, the league kind of knows what Kelly Oubre is at this point. And I, would that I don't be through see the him. draft or through free agency you're talking about that? Through free agent, through free agency, yeah. I'd just take a shot on a younger guy. I don't have a list of gonna, free agents. I'm gonna ask you for some names now. That's the next thing. Cause you, you've said to bring in young players now. So you're gonna because this is the thing, right? Like you look, I've looked at the free agent class next year. It's not great. Um the Hornets yeah. have got a bunch of cap space, but there's not a lot of guys. Like Andrew Wiggins was the guy, and then he re-upped and re-signed with um Golden State, and he was probably like the guy who maybe would have made most sense. Um I, I don't know. I, I think like Kelly, Steve Clifford clearly liked him. People can say what they want. I still think it's more likely than not that Steve Clifford will be back next year. Um, Kelly has had productive years in Charlotte in very different ways, but in both scenes he's been here, he's been productive and he's been a, a popular vet in the locker room. He's publicly stated that he would like to stay. Um, I don't know how much that hand injury impacted his trade value. I, I didn't think it was going to impact it too much. It's kind of unclear why he didn't move on. But maybe maybe Charlotte are pretty happy with Kelly and Kelly's happy in Charlotte. And why trade him away when you're going to try and work something out in free agency to be a wing for if you move off Gordon Hayward um, or to be a backup for when when Gordon Hayward gets injured. Um, Chase, Ubre coming back next year. What are, you, what are your thoughts now that he's not moved to the deadline? I mean, I, I'd be into it. Like, I'm not somebody that's like, you need to either be a high-level playoff team or, like, spend no money and have everyone be rookie contract scale players. I'm fine with, like, paying to have good players on the team. Kelly likes it here. He's been good so far. Uh, like I said, there's a, a whole much bigger hole on the wing now than there appeared to have been a couple days ago. So if you want to, you know, re-sign him to fill that and then bring somebody else along, or sign another young player or something like that. I think that's that's perfectly fine. I mean, the Hornets have a ton of cap space. Like you got you got to spend money somehow. So, I'd be fine with bringing back a player that, you know, is a good piece of the locker room and likes being in the city of Charlotte rather than just not spending the money on anything. You know, it feels like they might bring back Kelly because they traded Jalen McDaniels. I wonder, if, you know, if they would have kept Jalen McDaniels. They probably would have tried to re-sign him and PJ and then like Kelly walk. But now that Jalen is gone, may it may mean that the plan is to bring Kelly back to fill those mm. minutes on the wing. I mean, maybe it was they were going to move one of Kelly or McDaniels this trade deadline. Right. And, you know, McDaniels was the one that could give them that back better value than because you know, he's not easy to move, right? Because of his salary. And I think you saw that in quite a lot of the trades. A lot of these guys were moving were like earning under 5 million per year because um, they're just so much easier to like swap guys rather than like Mason Plumey or Kelly Oubre for that 12 million mark. 
just makes it a little bit trickier, I think, because you have to combine players and um, the trade exceptions. I think the biggest trade exception in the league this year was, I think, nine million at the deadline. So we didn't fit in any of those. So maybe that's another way that they looked at it is we, we're not going to, you know, we were talking before, Chase, about PJ or Jalen. Maybe the question was Kelly or Jalen. And they've decided to go, they've decided to go that way. Um, yeah, again, I, I don't know if it's the way that I would have, I would have leaned personally. Um, I still think I probably like Jalen. I can see Jalen playing on a playoff team as a rotation player, clearly in my mind, more so than I can with like Kelly Oubre and PJ Washington, I think. Um, but I'm going to have to get over that because Jalen McDaniels is no longer on the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I mean, he will, he will be doing that. So you'll you'll get to see yes. whether or not you're right. He'll be doing that. I will. He might, he might start for the Sixers. So you will definitely get confirmation on that in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt, any anything else kind of Hornets trade deadline related that you want to get off your chest? Anything else that you saw or anything that didn't happen maybe that you thought might do? No, nothing else. I mean, this conversation we're having about Hornets wings, I think the elephant in the room and all of this is Miles Bridges. There yeah. was a report a few months ago about him potentially coming back and serving a suspension. I do wonder what the team was thinking about his potential future and return at this trade deadline. So again, I don't know if that had anything to do with the Jalen McDaniels moves, move that they're going to bring back Miles Bridges on whatever contract the team thinks he deserves at this point after, you know, all those off the court issues. But I mean, it's, it had to play a factor into their decision-making and on some level. Absolutely. They will, they will know what they're doing with Miles Bridges at this point. They will know what the plan is. Let's put it that way. Right. I think it's not public, but they will know and they will be planning their team for next year around how that looks. I mean, you who knows what Miles Bridges even looks like now? <laughs> you no, know, he's not played basketball in so long at this point. Um, I, I just don't know. Like, how often can you just take a year off from playing a sport? Like, not injured, but just take a year off and then come back. Like, there's normally a bit of a lag there, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, Chase, Matt, have either of you got any last thoughts on this trade deadline? It doesn't appear there are any kind of last minute trades that have been reported or gone through. Um, any last thoughts on this Hornets trade deadline? We, we gave it a grade just as you were joining, Matt. Have you got a grade that you like to give the kind of the total deadline as a whole for the Hornets? Yeah, I would say C minus. And that, that's what I would give. I think both of the trades, I would give both of them a C minus, you know, making it a C minus for the team. Um, the Jalen McDaniels deal, like we, like we just discussed, it felt like it was probably either Jalen or Kelly or, Jalen or PJ, whichever one of those three guys is going to get moved. I thought the return for Jalen was going to be a little bit more significant, but as a fan of the Hornets, I do probably overrate our own guys a little bit. Um, and I already, you know, said I said about the Mason deal. It opens up minutes for the young guys. That's truly what matters. So C minus. Maybe could have got a little bit more for Jalen or Plumley, but it is what it is, and a little bit less than I'd hoped for or thought, but. Yeah, C minus is the grade I would give it. Yeah, but very similar to me. I think I I would probably go like a D for the Jalen trade and like a B for the Mason Wall and kind of end up there. Um, but yeah, okay. Any last thoughts? I'm going around the room. Anything? Any last points anyone wants to make? Anything we've not touched on? The 2023 draft is very deep. <laughs> yes. 
And we will be having the the All Hornets draft show will be returning as soon as the regular season finishes this year. So we will have long enough. The end of the Hornets regular season is April 9th. So that gives us just... There you go. It gives us just over a month before the draft lottery. Then after that, you've got basically five weeks until the draft itself. So we're about four months away from the NBA draft. The next big thing I think Hornets fans could probably get excited about, uh, apart from maybe Mark Williams' play down the stretch here. But thank you for everybody who tuned in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Matt, thank you for joining us. Chase, thank you for spending the last hour, 70 minutes uh, on this live stream. This is the first live stream we've ever done for all Hornets podcasts. Um, so it was. we had some stuff to talk about, which was great. Um, we appreciate your support. And yeah, we'll, if you can make it through these last 20 games as Hornets fans, everybody... Um, I commend you. So enjoy the game and speak to everyone soon.